It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Happy spooky Halloween. Joe, you know, there are two things I miss about having a daily show on the national radio. One is every Halloween getting to play the Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kicker 5. Yeah, that was the nice. scariest piece of audio ever recorded. Um, and the other is the money. I thought you were going to say being Anna Hell Corpse and uh, Jeff Void. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? A Halloween names <laughs> for the money. Yeah, the money. Yeah, the money. Yeah, the money yeah. was nice as well. Yeah. Um, those are just the two things, really. But how, how's your Halloween been? Um, I didn't decorate my house. You say this because you've turned up here tonight. I know, that house looks brilliant. You've got a massive spider's web and a massive spider, two pumpkins with candles and a very um, large assortment of other winter vegetables. Gourds, squashes, pumpkins, so on. This is is something Sarah's been doing and I mocked her. I think I said on the podcast the other week, uh, because there was just one pumpkin for a while, not a jack-o'-lantern, just a pumpkin on the doorstep. And it it looked like uh, a a delivery man had been and we weren't in. It did. Um, But she... She she has turned it round. There's it a there's an autumnal wreath on the door. Also, I've noticed other people in the neighbourhood have started putting pumpkins and gourds on their doorstep. They're copying you. She's setting a trend. She wow. is. It's cultural imperialism. Mm. This is what Americans do. Yeah, it's working. Ah, because I think you've sort of got a problem with Halloween, haven't you? Because no, I don't have a problem with Halloween. But I was saying earlier that. I feel bad that I just don't get into it and I need to get into it because it's really fun. But because it's not something that I don't have any sort of nostalgic feelings of like, oh, when I was a kid, I really want to take my son because I used to do this as a kid and do his kid, that I just don't have that thing to it. So I want to. Next year, I'm determined next year, I'm going to get into it next year. But a lot of people say, oh, it's just so Americanized. It's so American. Mm. A lot of people say that, don't you they? Hear that, yeah. and, and I think that is true. I've said before that I think um, E.T. was the tipping point. Everyone saw that film, thought, oh, that's what they do in America. And then we started tricks or treats because it looked fun it did look yeah, fun yeah. more fun than um wheel, wheeling around an effigy mm. of uh, a, a man who was executed hundreds of years previously we don't have good traditions we no really we don't, don't. We, 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 yeah. i do think you know we're thought of as being this country with this rich history which of course we are Mm-mm. but some of our uh, tr- traditions are rubbish fireworks good that guy thoughts thing bad yeah yeah but the other countries have fireworks i know yeah um, but I do, I do like they're at this time of year. 
It's nice when it's dark. Mm-mm. You don't want to see fireworks when it's still light, do you? <laughs> no, no, no. Or indoor fireworks. Um, but I do miss... Because uh, Halloween was a thing, but it wasn't this tricks or treat dressing up thing quite so much, was it? It was uh, bobbing for apples. Oh, yeah. It's a bit like waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> that we used to do. Um, we've been out tricks or treating. Well, I've noticed you're calling it tricks or treating. Can I bring that up at all or should I let that pass? I'm going to try it on for size. Oh, okay. We were watching the Charlie Brown Halloween special before um, and I noticed they called it tricks or treats. And that then got me thinking, we think trick or treating is an American thing. Mm. It certainly seems like in the late 60s or early 70s or whenever that was made, they were calling it tricks or treats. Okay, all right. Yeah. And is anyone doing any tricks or is that? Because I do remember as a kid, I very occasionally getting like one or two trick or treaters and we didn't have treats, they put flour through your letterbox. Yeah, or throw an egg at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or set eggs. fire to your house. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, but yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, I haven't come across it. Um, you know, I only found out last year that the way you know what house to go to is that they have some kind of sign, like a pumpkin. Or I didn't, I didn't understand. I'd never been before. I didn't know what you had to do. Oh yeah, our neighbourhood is it's 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 very very um, it's very family orientated neighbourhood. There's lots of young families here, and the first year we moved in before June was born, we knew this, so we got in loads of treats. And then we sat in all night and not one kid knocked on the door. Oh, okay. And we thought, oh, I wonder if we got a reputation for being the creepy people whose house you don't go near. <laughs> right, right. The childless couple mm. tr- trying to lure children in. Um, but in actual fact, it was it, it was that that's the sign. You've got to put yeah. a lit jack-o'-lantern Mm-mm. outside your house. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, that too. Yeah. It's respectful, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, um, So, yeah. So, oh, did I tell you what we went as? Oh, no, go on. Okay. What, you got dressed up. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show is you. that normal? Like, I'm, I'm asking that as a genuine question. Do all other parents dressed up? I never have in the past, mm. but many, many parents do. Do they? That's lovely. I'd say may, maybe a slight majority. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, do you, do you know what Gene went as this year? I saw him. He went as like a Sergeant Pepper Beatles Yeah, so he went costume. as Paul McCartney from yeah. the Sergeant Pepper cover. Now, I think... Um, this this is quite a clear uh, example of uh, joint parental failure. So mm-hmm. on my part, foisting things I'm interested in too much on my kid, right? To make him into a mini me. <laughs> and I promise you, I try not. I don't. I don't consciously try to do that. I expose him to stuff, and if he likes it, mm. then I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll pick it up and run with it. And I feel like I've got into things like Pokemon Go that I've had no interest in. Okay. Yeah, you know, the Beatles are quite present in our house. I listen to them a lot, and mm-hmm. he's latched onto them. Okay. So he asks questions, I give him answers. He's become more and more interested. But I am willing to look at the fact that there there is some kind of failure on my part in that I've made him in the year twenty twenty three this hip kid in school going on about the hits from like nineteen sixty four. Not great. There are worse things he could be into, but yeah. yeah, I get your point. And I don't think it's much different to um, dads and mums who do it with football teams. Mm-hmm. Really? Is it, is it any different? No, of course not. Yeah. No, no. Um, and then it's a parental failure on Sarah's part mm. because in our country, the United Kingdom, mm. Halloween costumes are, I think, for the most part, witches, skeletons, ghoulish werewolves, things. ghoulish things. 
Whereas in America, it's just fancy dress. Yes, but why is it just fancy dress? Because I don't that's, know. it's Halloween. I don't know. I don't get that. I've wondered if it's because of Christians. You know, like they hate Harry Potter. How do they? Yeah, know. they think it's like demonic. It's it's encouraging. Not not you know not your um, nice, common or garden Christians who you know donate a bit of money to Salvation Army at Christmas. I mean, I mean the nutty ones. Okay, um, I believe that things with witches and ghosts and ghouls are mm. gateways to becoming a satanist oh uh, okay so it's that kind of feeling that's led but to i don't that. i don't know if that's why it is that's just a theory i've okay. got i'd, I'd, oh, I'd yeah. love to know mm. so the the parental failure on her part is that um he, he thinks halloween is just fancy dress okay, okay and he's the only kid who thinks that right. and the parental failure on my part is that He's a seven-year-old who's two in, two into the Beatles, and these two things came together on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to go Sergeant Pepper. Mm. Uh, it's a Paul McCartney from the Sergeant Pepper cover. So then yesterday I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, oh poor kid, he's like going to be out, the only person dressed as a Beatle, not anything ghoulish. What could we do? So in a panic, I ordered some extra Sergeant Pepper costumes. So he said it wasn't just him. There so it wasn't three just him, there was three of us. So he didn't feel alone, a bit of solidarity, right? right? right. So I'll show you a picture. Uh, you can see from the expression on my wife's face just how much she's enjoying it. Oh, God. Oh, wow, you look amazing. She does not look happy. No, I love happy. that picture. <laughs> that looked fantastic. So Jean is uh, dressed as Paul McCartney in blue. Mm. and then Sarah's dressed as John Lennon in green and then I'm George Harrison in the in the, in the reddish right. costume. So then when we were tricks or treating, mm. um, I had a little quip to make. Oh, go on, yeah. Which was, we're the dead Beatles. The three, oh, Makes are. it more Halloween-y. Yeah, yeah. So John, John and George are dead. Yeah. Famously. Yeah, yeah. And then... You know, there's that conspiracy theory that Paul's dead as well. This is a lot of explaining. So I'm just thinking in my head, but I think only two of them are dead, aren't they? Like Ringo's still alive, Paul's still alive. Only two. But, so this is not a good quip in that people are having to think too much. No, I was just sort of pointing to the two of us, really, and saying oh, the dead ones. Oh, okay. But at see. least that made it a bit halloween Yeah, yeah. I always see, yeah, 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 yeah. Like we were did zombies. It go, did it go well? Not really. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Nobody no. seemed to enjoy that little no. joke. Okay. Um, but as well as it went with me, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also at the weekend we went to a spooktacular oh what's that so I don't know to be honest like, <laughs> you went one of Jean's friend's mums bought them all tickets to it mm. and it was it was like a kids Halloween party okay. in a church okay but it wasn't religious right um, and there was a magician on doing tricks and also mm. playing Halloween themed music like the Monster Mash this sounds brilliant and Ghostbusters and um, I'm sure there must be another one. Thriller. Mm-hmm. Although I've, I'm not entirely comfortable with that at a children's party. Yeah. Um, and then lots of things which aren't really very Halloweeny, but it, there's a bit of a dearth of good. Well, like, I, I always know that from when I used to watch X Factor Halloween Week, mm-hmm. and they would be really like dredging yeah. up stuff. Sarah insists that back, this Backstreet Boys song is Halloweeny, but it's only Halloweeny because the video was spooky. Which one? Backstreet's that's not Halloween. Yeah. No. I think it's that one. Maybe it isn't. But but certainly the song isn't Halloween-y, mm. but the video is. So it's become a Halloween classic, okay. which I strongly disagree with. Mm-mm, me too. Um, Super Freak. Mm. Okay, just about. But it doesn't feel great. Mm. doesn't feel great. 
And then there's a song, a more modern song called She's Sweet But She's Psycho. What? No, 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 no. That's not that's not Halloween-y. I know, but it's slim pickings, you see. It's People, very yeah. slim. Um, and so, so they had the, the music and then this guy was doing a magic show and some competitions. And I was chatting away to a friend who was there and, and we were deep in conversation. And then I become aware that Jean's little friend, Elsie, is is tugging at my arm. And unbeknownst to me, she's involved in a competition on stage where she's got to come and find a grown-up and her mum has refused to join in, as has Sarah, and they've pointed her to me. And and they have to take them onto the stage and it's two kids competing to see who can most quickly wrap their grown-up in toilet paper to make them into a mummy. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to do it, but I also have this thing that I don't don't ever want to a child to seem like this repressed, embarrassed individual that I am, mm, mm. full of shame and shyness. So I enthusiastically go with her whilst wanting to die on the inside. And then we stand on the stage and I think, actually, this this is pretty easy from my point of view because the guy isn't interviewing me. He's not, he's not putting a microphone under my mouth so I don't have to think of anything funny to say or interesting. Yeah. And all I've got to do is stand still while she wraps me in toilet paper. Easy. So I can just sort of zone out, mm-hmm. which is what I do. I listen to him count down, five, four, three, two, one, and it starts. After a while, and, and, and because I've zoned out, I couldn't tell you how long it is, I become aware that the other team is doing a lot better. Right. And what I then realise is the the other adult, the other man, presumably a dad, but I could be wrong, is is helping a little bit and holding the tissue paper in place. Right. Whereas I'm just standing there as if I'm a statue and Elsie's getting increasingly frustrated. And I think, oh, if I just like held that there or helped her a little bit, we we would have some mummy wrapping on me at this point mm. instead of a frustrated seven-year-old girl about to burst into tears on stage. Oh, no. Which is what happened. She started crying. Yeah. Oh, no. And, and refu- refused to carry on with the game because it was going so badly for her. And I just think if, I, if, I, if I'd just been a bit more present, I was sort of present... Like I was, I was in a nice. Look, she meditative... needs to learn resilience. Sorry, you're bl- you're blaming yourself here. Oh, I'm God. not. And then she stormed out, mm-hmm. and I went outside to check she was all right. Mm. And uh, it was quite slippy underfoot, and I went over <laughs> in the mud. <laughs> not good. You know when kids like really look up to grown ups. I don't. I don't think any kid. Oh. She is the kid. Do you remember last year I told you about taking them to um, bonfire night? Yeah, and she had a meltdown and they just spent the whole time saying how terrible it was and yeah. how they would never ever go to that place again and it was the worst bonfire night ever Mm-mm-mm. same kid yeah she, no respect there <laughs> she won't be coming for you next time don't worry <laughs> right let's hear from the drifters let's first one is ali I've dithered for months around if I should send this story in and kept putting it off because a little bit of me is hoping it was all a bad dream. However, I know in all honesty, it really happened. And somewhere out there, there is recorded proof. So I've decided it's time to tell my tale of social ineptitude to my fellow drifter kind. This is a safe space. I work as a community-based therapist in the NHS. I love my job and I'm generally pretty competent in the workplace. I regularly go to people's houses to carry out home visits. And although I have a particular specialism, it's not uncommon for me to come across things which require another service. I regularly contact other teams to update them about patients' needs or pass on referral information. 
One day towards the end of last year, I had been to review a patient who had a life-limiting condition. Whilst there, it became apparent that one of my pieces of medical equipment, which was fairly significant in their care, was not charging correctly. It was difficult for them to alert the relevant team, so I offered to get it sorted. A quick phone call and it had been managed. It was near Christmas and I didn't want there to be any further problems. So as soon as I left the property and was safely in my car, I rang the relevant team. The phone rang and rang and then the answer phone clicked in. And this is where I became unstuck. Now, I'm reasonably okay with phone calls when needed, but answer phones in all contexts baffle me. I seem to get tongue tied and either say too much or forget an important detail and have to ring back again to leave another message. However, on this occasion, I was feeling pleased with myself. I'd got my message across. I explained the problem and given the details. And then I ended my message. If you could please contact the patient to get this sorted. Amen. (laughs) I put the phone down. (laughs) Hang on. A terrible dread slowly crept up on me. Did I just end a message with amen? Amen. (laughs) Now, just to explain, I am a Christian, so amen is a word I say in some contexts, but these are very specific and definitely not on a work phone call. What was I thinking? Here I was ending a message to another service like I was ending a prayer. Not only that, but it was an answer phone message so it could be replayed to check they'd heard it right, then replayed around an office for amusement. Perhaps it would be used for some kind of Christmas party game where staff had to guess the stupidest caller to the service that year or recounted in some future training course as an example of poor communication skills. (laughs) Should I phone back and explain? But what would I say? I couldn't leave a message saying, hi, it's me again. Please just ignore the last bit of my message which sounds like I think you're God but not the rest of it that's really important what if I phoned back and the answer phone didn't click in as someone was back in the office ready to pick up the phone I sat there in my car and willed the ground to swallow me up there really was no return from this since this occurred I've tried to employ the port protocol and pretend it never happened but every so often the memory pops into my head and once again I'm filled with embarrassment and my ridiculous answer phone blurt The only reprieve is that shortly after this incident, I started adoption leave, so I haven't needed to navigate work calls for a while. But with my return to work swiftly approaching, I think I might need to write myself a script for all work calls to remind myself how to function as a normal human being. What was the name again? Her name, Ali. Ali, I'd love to know when you say amen and when you say amen. What did I say? You said amen, but I, yeah. I, do, I do feel amen. like sometimes, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. I think she probably said amen. Why did I say amen? Amen. Uh, amen. 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 Just a bit more um, like you're, you're, um, you know, you're in the deep south of America and there's oh. some kind of revival going on oh. and uh, everyone's getting carried away rather than... Amen. Yeah, I'm regretting saying amen. I, I like it. I really I like do. It. I like it. And I just want to reiterate what I said before. Hmm. I was I was only talking about the Christians who think Harry Potter's a gateway drug to the devil. Oh, don't worry. You I don't think too. Ali's one of those. No, no, of course not. I think Ali's a nice sort of... Uh, She's one of us. Uh, away in a manger, we plough the fields and scatter. Exactly. Uh, Gideon's Bible. Yeah. That stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to Coral. During the summer, I went for a long weekend at a Warner's Holiday Hotel with my parents. I was 23 at the time. The hotel was a converted stately home and there was the usual evening entertainment and some activities during the day. Two of the activities included archery and shooting, which I was very excited for. We went to the leisure reception and booked these activities for the following day. 
After booking these activities, we thought we'd have a drink on the balcony as it was a lovely sunny day. The view across the grounds from our table was beautiful and in the distance, just poking out from behind some trees, we could see some figures with rifles standing in a line. Look, I can see the shooting range over there, I said very excitedly. When we finished our drinks, we thought we would stretch our legs and have a wander over to see this shooting range. However, as we walked closer and the trees stopped creating such a barrier, we could see there were even more figures, a lot more. Could it be that it is so popular almost everyone in the hotel partakes in the shooting as if there was one target for each person? As we got closer, we began to see many more things by the figures, one of which included reefs of poppies and flowers. It suddenly dawned on us that this was not a shooting range for the elderly, but something completely different. (laughs) As we got closer and closer, I was wishing the ground would swallow me up. It turned out to be a Falklands memorial. Oh, God. Well, my initial excitement led me to imagine a scene from Die Hard and the Hunger Games, gaining five points for the head, ten points for the chest. It turns out the hotel really didn't think this would be a popular activity. It's probably for the best, considering the hotel is adults only, with a target audience of the elderly. I think this would trigger some PTSD and shell shock, which wouldn't leave them a very good review on TripAdvisor. The last thing you need while sipping a glass of Chardonnay while listening to an ABBA tribute band is the paranoia of being shot. While a Die Hard shooting range sounds exciting you should always know the audience when we eventually got to the correct shooting range the following day it was a much more relaxing experience with small targets etc amen (laughs) oh that's wonderful um yeah just anything anything like that it, it just reminds me of um when there's a silence, like a minute silence oh. in memory of the war dead or whatever, mm. and then somebody doesn't quite realise. It's happened to me before now. Um, it happened to our friend Pete. Oh. Do you remember? I think it was the 9-11. Oh, God. A few day, he'd gone up to the floor of the office to ask this, uh, another friend of ours, Adam, Adam Bowie, who was this computer whiz kid. Pete was one of these who had a laptop, but he... he he didn't really want to get on board with the 21st century. So he was forever having problems with it and having to take it to Adam, who didn't work in IT or anything. No, no, no. And he was up there explaining his various woes and swearing his head off about his computer and um, the the 9-11 two-minute silence had started. And nobody wanted to go, Pete, it's a two-minute silence, because then that would mean they themselves were breaking the two-minute silence. But they really should have done, really. Yeah, yeah. But they, they just let him swear about oh, his computer throughout the whole thing. <laughs> um, send us your story of social ineptitude, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> Well, we were off last week, so I was away in Chicago. Yes. Um, did did you uh, did you do a substack or did you oh, take a week off that? Yes, no, I didn't. No, I did uh, last week. I did what I never get right first time, and I ended up doing a slight. You remember the old challengey type things? Oh yeah. I did a few a bit of that, a few phone calls, uh, transforming the uh, fortunes of a pharmaceutical company. Oh, I'm I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. I'll go so, back and have a look. So that was last week, and this week. So it's still supermarkets. I haven't quite got my angle yet, but, you know, I've been to a few supermarkets in my time, as anyone listening to this podcast will know. Yeah. I got a few stories. When you say a few supermarkets, isn't it usually the same branch of Sainsbury's? Yeah, yeah. And then for many years before that, it was the same branch of Tesco's. I was trying to make my life sound more exciting <laughs> than it was, and I failed. Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, so go to annabelleport.substack.com. You can subscribe and have it in your inbox, inbox every Wednesday. And do you have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? I do. So, are you familiar with Vinted? 
Um, funnily enough, I wasn't until two days ago and I heard somebody mention it. Oh, really? Okay. So, so if you don't know what it is, it's a website and an app where you can buy and sell secondhand stuff. It's mostly clothes. So you're basically trading off an easy way to return 90% of the stuff that probably won't fit or suit you for a really cheap price. <laughs> I don't even think you can return stuff most of the time. So that's the deal. You get something cheap, probably right. won't fit. Right. Did you know it's Lithuanian? It's a Lithuanian no, company. No. It's interesting. As right? I say, I'm co- quite new to okay. the concept of vintage. So like any information is new information. Oh, okay. Really. Okay. Okay. So I've known about it for a while. But this week, I started selling some clothes on it. Lithuanians and let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. Is that is that in that song, is it? Yeah. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, because uh, I think um, people from Latvia used to be called let's. So they made a little pun. Oh. Lithuanians and let's do it. Oh, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. It's good to know. We're all learning something here. Sorry. So you decided to yeah. buy or sell something. So I started selling clothes on it this week. Oh, yeah. And I am... Um, so obsessed. Oh, no. It's like I'm dealing in diamonds and not just reselling a child's T-shirt that I bought in Sainsbury's for a pound now. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm acting like I'm running a multi-million pound business. I'm dealing with people hardballing me. Like they say things like, will you take one pound for those two pairs of dinosaur pyjamas? Like I'm only charging one pound fifty for them. Just, <laughs> just pay it. They love a bargain on Vinted. They really do. But I'm totally addicted. Nothing in my house is now safe. Like every item is nervous it's going. I think that my house is going to be empty by the end of next <laughs> week. When something gets favorited, the buzz I get, not as good as when something gets sold. The amount I'm checking this app, I'm having to move it around my phone screen occasionally as the glass is starting to wear down in places. <laughs> and I'm doing same or next day posting. I'm offering a great service. It's like if Lord Alan Sugar was in charge of selling the clothes that my son had grown out of, honestly. But what I love the most, I wonder if you've used these. So, you know, those parcel lockers where you drop packages off. Have you used them before? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, my God. I love them so much. So you scan your barcode and then a door just magically opens. And it's really fun guessing what one it's going to be. And you put your package in, don't need a label, close it, done. It feels so futuristic to me. But it also makes me feel like I'm a spy doing a dead letter drop. Even though I'm not sure spies do dead letter drops in this day and age. And if they did, it probably wouldn't be in the 24-7 in-post locker in a Sainsbury's car park. <laughs> they probably stick to tree hollows and books with the inside cut out still, don't they? <laughs> My only criticism of them is the two hours it takes me to position the QR code correctly in front of the scanner. And that's probably just a me thing. <gasps> The best thing about them is that you don't have to use the parcel shops at newsagents because I hate these because when I'll you... tell you who hates them even more than you do. Oh, go on. Newsagents. Oh, I said... They, they, never, <laughs> they, they never either uh, find a parcel for you or accept a parcel from you gladly. Right. Do you think that they, if you don't buy something, do you think they hate you? Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, I always feel that if I'm going in there that I should spend some money, I need to buy something, but I don't want to. And I worry that they think I'm just using them and wasting their time, yeah, annoying right. them. Yeah, the, 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 the system never seems to be good that they use right. either, does it? Right, right. You know, I used to think that about the post office when you get one of those red slips. Oh, yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. You can never see your own parcel and you can never quite glean the system by which they organise things. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that looks like something from, I don't know, like a highly organised Japanese society <laughs> compared to how news agents keep those parcels <laughs> in a heap. I mean, it's just a heap, isn't it? <laughs> like, I don't understand 
I don't. To, to me, there often seems to be no delineation between received parcels and parcels that are being sent. Oh, that's so confusing. Yeah. There's, there is no filing system, is there? No, no. no. But I think they like, they maybe not trained in this area. They're not. They don't post office people. They're no. news agents yeah. people. There's, you know, there's not so much of a crossover, but there is now. I also have this when I need to top up my electricity key. Yes, I've still got prepaid electricity. Firstly, I hate it when I have to say how much I want on it because I tend to do big amounts so that I don't have to keep going back. So I say, for example, £80 and they always go 18 But they say 18 like they must have misheard me because nobody puts that much on. <laughs> Hang on. How much does, how long does £80 last year? Oh, I don't know, about six weeks. Really? Yeah. What, what's, what's up? So I'm, I'm so I... I'm a fr- I'm I'm not good with money. <laughs> right, right. And and of, and an often uh, a way this will manifest is I don't look at bank statements cuz uh, I'm, I'm too horrified by the amounts of money that go out. Yeah. Now we live live in a house and you live in a flat. Yeah. But I would say our house is not three times as big as your flat. No. Right? And I've got a feeling like gas and electric combined, we're paying hundreds of pounds a month. Oh, really? Yeah, since the energy prices went up. Mm. So now I'm thinking I should go on one of those pre <laughs> It's a nightmare when it runs out, especially when it's the middle of the night and, and like all your food's going off in the fridge, etc. Yeah, I wouldn't <sighs> recommend it. You, 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 there is an emergency thing where you stick it in again, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um I did have this thing where for ages I was on a very old tariff because I stockpiled ah. and that, but but I think I'm on the like the right tariff now, yeah. And it has gone. It used to be like thirty pounds a month. This is unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. I'm now going to go into um, just have I got enough charge of my phone? I I, I really want to go into my um housekeeping bank account and see how much we pay. Because I'm there. We go. Go on. Octopus Energy. Yeah. Well, it's gas and electricity, though. Yeah. Right. Per month. Go on. £439. So mine a month is a hundred and... No, 120 Right. Oh, uh, so... Yeah. But that's just electricity. No, but gas and electricity is 120 Is this interesting? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, I think it's good to compare, isn't it? Yeah, just I pay, I pay about 120 a month. But I just thought you said £80 had last you six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah, sixty yeah. pounds a month yeah. adds up. Adds yeah, up. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Th- that was uh, that wasn't worth that time, really, was it? <laughs> but you know what? People will be listening, going, "Oh, I'm going to go and check my uh, director a bit now." Yeah. Do you know how much my council tax is? Go on, have a guess. Okay, well, mine's one hundred and sixty-five a month. So I'm reckon yours is higher or lower? Oh, definitely higher. Definitely higher. Number then you can. Oh, two hundred and fifty a month. One hundred eighty-one. Oh, not that much different. Yeah. Right, let's do mobile phone now. Ooh. So my mobile phone is like I'm actually embarrassed to hear how much mine is a month. That's, I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you that because it's in a different account. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. well it would be too embarrassing to tell you mine because it's home so, insurance. Home insurance. Well, mine is five pounds a month. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I really shop around. <laughs> Why is she not looking at me like that? Because mine's £108 a month. I'm not on! What? I just said. Water. Oh, um, £150 every six months. So £300 a year. Yeah, about the same, £26. Uh, uh, £26. This is thrilling. Isn't it good, isn't it? Not going to like get into my mortgage or anything like that. Uh, Okay, that'll do. That'll do. everything. Yeah. I mean, no, and you definitely don't mobile. No, you don't know mobile phone. Not, okay. 
It's a uh, there's a there's a boring reason why it comes oh, okay. out of a different account. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. But that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I, enjo- I ended yeah. up enjoying that. Yeah, that's a game to play with your friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I had to top up my electricity yesterday. So I thought, you know what? I am going to sort this out once and for all. I'm going to find out if they do hate me for not buying anything. So I topped up the key, and then I said, "Tell me, does it annoy you when people top up and then don't buy anything?" And the man said. Not really. Not really. It does annoy him, doesn't it? Don't you think? Not really. He'd have gone, no, it's fine. Not really. And then I had to use the newsagent's parcel drop-off today because it was an every parcel and needed a label. Very annoying. But I thought I'd ask them too. I tried an open question to get more out of them. I said, how do you feel when someone sends a parcel but doesn't buy anything? Nobody's ever asked them how they feel. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel? How do you feel? When someone sends a parcel but doesn't buy anything, and he said, nothing, nothing. I think that would have been his answer to any question that started, how do you feel? I think he might be depressed. (laughs) But he did also tell me, okay, I'm going to ask you this. So he told me that they get a commission (laughs) per package. How much money do you think they're getting per package to to justify having to deal with all that massive pile of parcels? 16p. Very close. What? 20p a package. I'm worried now that I'm giving 20p to a robot locker instead of that depressed man as I much prefer the lockers so I might have to change and with all my extra vintage money I'll start buying some sweets than the newsagents when I do the electricity key and I think that will make everything better oh, Do you remember our old friend Minu who, who uh, oh. ran a newsagents Regents News on Big Street London yeah. for a long time yeah. um, then he went into the, the hardware business he did, didn't he? Yeah. But I, I believe he's uh, I think he's, is he retired now? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm. This, this, it doesn't matter. But he, he he was, you know, his his dream was to get a lottery machine, not because of the money you make off the lottery, which maybe, but maybe you do if you get a winning ticket or something. But he thought the footfall that this machine would bring into his shop was would be transformational. I mean, there was a man who didn't see uh, apps and the internet coming. <laughs> yeah, well, he would have been wrong. Every every news agent who's got one of those parcel machines thought the same thing, and, yeah. they, were, and they were wrong. Yeah, I do. Did I tell you? I can't remember. If I talked about this on the podcast. We were in Brighton the other week, and it was a Sunday, and I became aware that there was a special commemorative edition of the Daily Mirror uh, about the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Oh yeah. Uh, so Gene wanted me to to get him a copy of this newspaper. I was roaming the streets looking for a newsagents. And so many of the shops you think are newsagents that still say news on the outside don't sell newspapers or magazines anymore. I know, I know this. It's really yeah, hard to yeah, find newspapers yeah, and magazines. Yeah. I mean, not really hard. You know, it's not like... Um, no, just go to your doorstep on a Saturday morning and <laughs> you'll find one. <laughs> still getting it delivered, good. Just on a weekend. Just on the weekend. Yeah, just yeah. on a weekend. Mm. I don't like thinking about how much we pay for newspapers. Oh, God, I haven't asked you that. Mine's zero. What's yours? <laughs> so I think, bearing in mind that I can open our front door and speak at this volume and be heard at the newsagents, right. I think every newspaper we have delivered costs us more than the actual newspaper. Oh. <laughs> Bad with money. Oh. <laughs> 
many steps roughly? Is it, you know, like 20 steps? Not even that, 10 steps. Yeah. You know, like in wow. America, the paper boy just throws the newspaper at the house. Yes, they could do I, I that. I think they could they throw could. the newspaper. They're charging you that much. I think so, yeah. I might get a paper round in this area. <laughs> I'm really tempted. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I tell you about the spooky thing that happened to my wife Sarah the other night oh yes please I love spooky things all right we got back off holiday and uh, because of the time difference we're jet lagged and in this direction it means that we're up very very late we are late night people anyway oh, yeah. and this is exacerbated by the jet lag however I've got a couple of nights without sleeping and I, I passed out on the sofa so she is it's late at night it's after midnight the witching hour she is watching on TV all alone this show Uncanny. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. It's a podcast, but they made it into a TV show about yep. people who think they've seen ghosts. Yep, yep, yep. And she's getting freaked out by it. And then she just hears this weird meowing. <laughs> thinking, is that coming from the TV? Is it part of the show? She pauses the TV. It carries on. She wakes me up to ask if I can hear it but it's stopped. She thinks she's having a breakdown. I go back to sleep. It starts again. She wakes me up again. She says, well, you go and look outside and see if there's a cat around the bins. <laughs> I do. And there isn't. I come back in. I nod back off again. She wakes me up. The meowing is back. This time I can hear it. I'm walking around thinking, where is that coming from? But I can't tell. I then think, it's coming from under the floorboards. Oh, no. I go down into the cellar. Yeah. And I see through a little hole in the brickwork this tiny cat <gasps> that's really afraid that has clearly been in our house all the time we were away. No. And do you want to know how I know this? Because when we got back in amongst the post was one of these lost cats. <gasps> Printed pictures oh. with the cat's name, Luna, and a telephone number on it. I call the number. They don't answer because it's you know, nearly one in the morning. I call it again. They don't answer. Sarah calls it from her number, figuring two, three calls from uh, unknown numbers. Mm. They're, they're going to realise something's up. Yeah, yeah. They answer. They are delighted. She takes it round there. We feel like heroes oh. the next day. They drop off a box of chocolates. Oh. What a wonderful thing. Now, I knew about this missing cat as we were setting off to go to the States. Okay. Because Sarah got a WhatsApp from a friend saying, oh, some friend, some local friends have lost their cat. Has anyone seen it? I had seen it. The day before we went away, it was in our back garden. 
and I gave it some milk. I didn't, in, not in the house. I put yeah. it out in the back garden. Yeah. That night, as I was putting Jean to bed, he was going, the cat is in the house. Because like, he'd seen the cat in the morning. He's going, the cat is in the house. And I thought it was just being weird. <laughs> oh, no, no, yes. no. So this has gone from being a nice story about oh. us being a hero to me ignoring my son telling me that the, this cat was in the house. Because I just thought he was saying, you know, the kids say weird things. Yes. And I hadn't, there was no trace of the cat in the house, nor was, we hadn't left, I mean, the back door had been open at different stages during the day, but um, it hadn't just been left open. We, none of us had seen the cat in the house. But he says weird things like, I can hear every cat's meow. It's like a spooky thing to say anyway. Mm. So I just thought he was saying one of his weird things. No. As it turns out, he wasn't. And I accidentally imprisoned a cat in our house. For the whole week. Yeah, I mean, it was five, five what, nights, I think. What did it eat? Well, I think it might have worked out quite well for us. Because it ate all the mice. I think so, yeah. No. So, we've, you know, I, 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 before we went away, I saw this very cute little mouse. And regular listeners will know that I just won't harm an animal. Mm. As a sop to my wife, I've bought these... Um, things to scare the mice that you plug into the plug sockets that supposedly emit a high-pitched uh, noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it work very right, well. Right, right, right. So oh. I think this cat has dealt with that problem for us. I think it oh. feasted. I think it feasted on mouse. That's an amazing week. It, I, think it it. I think it did. I think it, you know, maybe it had a great holiday. It feels like a bit sort of like Home alone doesn't it? Yes! <laughs> I'm so pleased you've helped me reframe this into uh, it's a home alone adventure for yeah, the, the cat that, rather than me ignoring my son it's telling us there's a cat in the house. On my, on my house. Oh my God. Okay, thanks for that. You're still the hero, I feel a lot better now. Yeah. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Did you just go, oh, like you weren't expecting it to be Quandary Corner, well, was, even though it has been just for many years an item on this podcast? I was very distracted by thinking where it went to the toilet. Oh, probably under the house. Oh, okay, but, fine, you know, the, some, some terrible smells will start drifting up at some stage, <laughs> won't they? Okay. Hey, I'll give you an update first of all. Do you remember Helen in Coventry didn't know whether to go on a night out to that 90s night with people she barely knew? Oh, yes. She went, had a great time. What? Yeah, she enjoyed it. Did I say that? That she was should... our advice. We were like, oh, great. Yeah, we were like, yeah. <laughs> We were like, you want to go? Can you remember her friends? That like there, oh, there was like, yeah. there was yeah, no tickets yeah, left. Yeah, 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 yeah And she yeah, felt yeah, like she yes, shouldn't yes, go. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she you said did it the was right great. thing there. There are a few problems with her makeup running, and um, apparently her post-pregnancy pelvic floor is not up to standard, and she slightly peed herself while jumping up and down. But in general, she, it all went very, very well. We're not to blame for that. <laughs> Sarah reminded me of a story that our um, old fertility doctor told us which was about um, he examined a woman in her 60s and she had the, um, I'm just going to say, vagina of a much younger woman, like very, you know, very tight, I think is the word. (laughs) This has gone weird. No, 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 no. I know it's horrible. I just like, I'm so used to Sarah saying this stuff and I think it's just part of normal conversation and I try and repeat a story. Especially to me. Oh, this is disgusting. (laughs) This is horrible. Oh. Anyway. Oh, you're carrying on, okay. No, 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 because there is a point to the okay. story. Okay, okay. And what are the exercises you do after you give birth? They're called kegels. Uh, well, they're, they're things you can put in, but yeah, it's pelvic. Right, pelvic right, floor right. Exercises, yeah. 
she didn't realise that you only had to do them for a certain amount of time oh. after giving birth. Oh. So she'd been doing them for like 40 years or whatever. Oh, fabulous. So. Yeah. Yeah. A lesson to us all. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah. I mean, I really wish I hadn't launched into that, but mm-hmm. sorry about that, everybody. If you want to hear that kind of filth. No, not here. Right, my wife will provide that on the other podcast. I was going to say, save it for that one. Yeah. Right, let's move on to the actual quandaries. First one's from Emily. Recently, I started to get out of my comfort zone and book massages, mostly to help with my back, which has started to hurt at the grand old age of 27. I've been for a few now and I love spending 45 minutes completely zoned out as someone puts extremely hot stones on my back and rubs them around. I go to a place that has low lighting, candles, dreamy music and herbal tea to set the scene. However, I've started to notice a problem. The last time I was there, I was so quiet. It was clear the massage therapist thought I was asleep and gave me a nudge as if to wake me up at the end. The only issue was I wasn't asleep. I was just enjoying the uninterrupted silence. To make matters worse, I recently brought my mother for one. And after my usual silent session, my mother went in and came out best friends with the massage therapist. Apparently, they'd been talking the entire time and she now knew her entire story. All this left me wondering... Am I being rude by not talking? I always make sure to reply quite positively if they ask me anything about pressure and temperature. But there's little else I can think to say when I'm face down on one of those little tables and make you lie on with the hole for your face. I assumed it was different from the hairdressers where you're expected to make the usual chit chat and I could simply enjoy a little peace and quiet in my drift of life from the usual terror of small talk. I imagine the massage therapists would go probably also enjoy going about their work without having someone constantly talking to them. But maybe I'm just leaving them bored. Last week I went again and spent the entire time trying to think of something to say to the point that I wasn't focused in being relaxed anymore. Should I stick with the silence or do you have any recommendations for massage therapy suite appropriate small talk? I don't particularly enjoy a massage. Oh. Every now and again, but 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 generally generally not. But I do think it is an environment where you are completely okay to be silent. I strongly agree. Yeah. So I think if you do speak, probably a massage therapist might like it because most people are silent. It's probably nice to have a little bit of a chat every now and again, depending on the therapist. Maybe a lot of them don't. And who you're talking yeah. to. But the social contract isn't like... like So it would be weird if you kept closing, shutting stuff down with a hairdresser mm, mm, mm. because the social contract is if they want to chat, then you chat. But I think the, the, the etiquette in a massage parlour is that you're silent. Because you're supposed to be going into a deeply relaxed state. You're not supposed to be thinking of small talk. No. This is insanity. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that your mum is so friendly, she made friends with her, but do not feel under pressure no, to do the no, same. No, not at all, not at all. And um, I don't see the problem with the nudge. Oh, being nudged to... Well, yeah, no, I... Because that, that if, it, if it's the end anyway... Yeah, it won't bother me. Yeah. No, that's fine. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Swiftly anything dealt with, no. Okay, let's move on to Declan. Me and my mostly non-drifter partner managed to buy a house at the end of August and we're moving in very soon. All good news. But a couple of weeks ago, we were in DFS looking for a sofa. We had narrowed our options down to two, though we had started gravitating towards one of them. We asked one of the staff working there a question about the probable second choice sofa. She answered that plus another question and soon had her iPad out confirming our selections and which sofa back and cushions we were getting, etc. She didn't feel super pushy, but was definitely progressing things quickly. And it felt too awkward to back away now, given that the process was halfway through. 
So we bought it. We bought our second choice, basically out of <laughs> awkwardness. My question, though, was a drifter. What's the best way of dealing with sales staff who are intentionally moving things quickly to try and secure a sale? It's not really in my nature to push back against people who are genuinely being friendly, but you can't really buy something you're not sure of either. Although I did here. Hmm. Fake diarrhea. <laughs> like you rub your tummy in a circular motion saying, hmm. oh, I'm not feeling so good. And then just don't come back. I think I think I often feel comfortable saying, I need to think about it and I'm gonna come back and then never do. I I would I would here's what I would do. I would think of any time you're in a showroom like that, you're just on a recce. Yeah. When you're ready to buy, mm. you're gonna be doing it online. Yes. Yes. But how do you make it clear? And then do you worry you're wasting their time? And is it okay? Like say in DFS, like, yeah, they're probably on commission. But what if you're in like a little independent one where it's like, you know, their bread and, you know, their bread and, bread, their bread and butter and you feel like they're desperate for you to buy something, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, blah. don't go to one of those. <laughs> don't support an independent uh, business, small oh, business, because oh. you're far more likely to have to have a conversation. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So go to the big, yeah. the big stores. I'm not ready to buy today, but I have a few questions. Okay. Oh. I won't be buying oh. today, but I have a few questions. This is how you do it. You start. Yeah. You make it yeah. clear yeah. from the offset. Yeah. I'm not buying. I'm yeah. just thinking. Yeah. I'm just browsing. Yeah. If you can take mm. human interaction out of the, the actual buying. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that, that's that's that would be my advice. I think that's the perfect solution. Okay. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or a story for us, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. You can support us on Patreon too. We appreciate that. It's patreon.com stroke adrift. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Amen. Okay, this comes from Kirsty McDougall, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. I was wondering if you'd be able to do a podication for my wonderful husband, Pete. He turns 50 on the 1st of November. Oh, he would have been a school year younger than me. Oh, yeah. I'd have been able to push him around. I wouldn't have been able to push anyone around. <laughs> you weren't pushing, pushing the year below around? No, I can't imagine that. No. no. I think they were pushing me around. Oh. And I just wanted to tell him how amazing I think he is. We are... Both long-time listeners, back to the absolute radio days. I must admit I was slow to take up listening to Adrift, not for lack of interest, just a bit slow to the podcast world in general. But on one boring and long drive through France, Pete played an episode for me, the unforgettable unlucky story. Oh, good place to start. Yeah, and I've been hooked ever since. Although Pete certainly has some drift qualities, I suffer much more social ineptitude. As a former actor... I'm sure many would say this couldn't possibly be true as I can come off very bubbly and confident, 
but it's just that an act. No, it's performance, isn't it? Mm. But it asks something of you, doesn't it, Kirsty? Mm. And then you know you're depleted. Yeah, and uh, you you know you 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 can't play the Dane every night. No. Yeah. Um. Where was I up to? In most social situations, I am completely dying inside and spend most nights after a social event cringing at the stupid things I may have said in an effort to be funny. Sounds familiar. It really does. <laughs> Pete, however, seems effortless, effortlessly at ease with meeting new people and is so good at remembering names, thank goodness, as I'm always drawing a p- complete blank. Despite, we sound very similar in many ways here, Kirsty. Uh, despite these social skills, he still identifies as a drifter and proudly wears his fellow drifter and unlucky button pins on his jacket lapel. Oh, lovely. Nice. We listen to podcasts separately, but enjoy weekly catch-ups laughing and relating about whatever life disaster has befallen Jeff that week or how similar myself and Annabelle can be. When life is not going to plan, we stick on an episode and it always makes us feel better. That's a lovely thing to hear. Mm-mm. Like most people, our lives have been a roller coaster of ups and downs. Our son Max was born prematurely, and during our long stay in the NICU, Pete was such a supportive rock. When we found out at 28 weeks, our unborn daughter had an absent corpus callosum, um, which is the bit that joins the two hemispheres of the brain together, and were given all manner of scary prognoses, Pete was again amazing. Even though he was hurting as much as I was, he kept strong for the both of us. Soon after birth, we discovered Molly also had a rare genetic condition that resulted in major skull surgery when she was two. And despite being a really scary time, his positive attitude and selflessness got us through. Thankfully, much of what we told by the doctors in the early days didn't come true, and Molly is now a thriving, bubbly 11-year-old. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, She does have some learning differences and some facial differences that will make her life more difficult, but she has inherited her dad's positive attitude, so I know she'll win at life. I know she will too. And Kirsty, I'm sorry to say it, but it's not just Pete. It's not. I mean, probably lion's share, (laughs) but it's you too. Um, Pete is the nice guy you always want in your friends group. He is so nice, I almost didn't go out with him. I was in my 20s and in my looking for a bad guy phase. <laughs> that that was phase Sarah's in when she was to let me, you see. <laughs> of course. She went someone more like Kanicki. Mm. But that's the, the character in Greece I most relate to. Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thankfully, I came to my senses and we've been together nearly 20 years and married for 16. I can't think of a better 50th birthday present to him than a podication from you both. He recently lost his dear mum, Marge, after a short illness. I think it's, there's no E on the end of Marge, so it might be Marg, which I've never heard before. No. But I don't want to say Pete's mum's name wrong. No, no. So I'm hedging my bets there. Okay. I think it's probably Marge, but yeah. just in case it isn't, Marg, who okay. knew? Yep. Um, after a short illness and has found it quite hard. So I know this would cheer him up no end. I adore and love him so much. And Max... Finding it moving. Yeah. Find these podications, you keep doing it to mm-hmm. me. Uh, and Max and Molly 
think he's the best dad in the world. Thanks so much, Kirsty. Uh, Kirsty also wrote some stuff for me and Annabelle that I just want to say um, thank you. It was, it was very meaningful uh, and, and very much appreciated. But Pete just sounds amazing. I mean, your whole family sounds amazing. Yes, you all um, sound great. And I'm so pleased that uh, that that what you were told by the doctors in those early days largely didn't come true. Yeah. That's a, a great thing to hear. Um, so all all our very best wishes. Happy birthday, Pete! Happy birthday, uh, fifty. Do you remember being fifty? <laughs> I mean, there's just no getting away from it. It's, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, Pete with his positive mental attitude. I mean, maybe he sees it differently. He's but, fine with it. I'm but sure. It's not so much. It's, here's the thing. It's not that fifty's the problem. Mm. It's that there's no getting away from that sixties. The next one, yeah, next big one. Yeah, and and you, there's no way of dressing that up as, no. as young. None. No, no, there's no. That's the problem with fifty. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so there you go. Uh, happy birthday, Pete! All our best to all of you. And if you would like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.